the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show on this Friday Eve. I'd just like to take a moment to thank Jesus. <laughs> that always makes me giggle. Never fails. And I'm in an especially good mood tonight. Today was a good day for this country with the ruling out of the highest court. I did not pull the audio of Trump in an interview a couple years back, uh, he was asked about affirmative action and he said, oh, I don't really have a problem with it. It's been around for a while. And he went on to say, you know, I think we should look at other things. But, you know, um, today he is saying that he's glad that affirmative action is gone. Look, um, whether Trump wanted the end of affirmative action or not, if you're glad today over this ruling, you have President Trump to thank because it was his Supreme Court justices that had the guts to do it. In spite of the arrows, I mean, if you're on Twitter, you are seeing Amy Coney Barrett, Clarence Thomas just being completely excoriated today. But Andrea, remember, this court is not normal. Oh, right. It's and 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 be, and because it's not because you look at you look at the way the court normally works. Normally, it's a cave. Normally, it's a we're going to uphold, uh, you know, Roe v. Wade, whether or not it's good law, just because the pressures are there for us to do it. Or, you know, these are two of the most, never in my lifetime did I think that I was going to see the overturning of Roe v. Wade in affirmative action. And I will tell you that um, I I thought we pulled a clip of Whoopi, but, you know, we don't really need to hear it. Whoopi, oh, we have it. Uh, Here's something. There's now the left uh, is, uh, of course, the narrative started out today with, you just don't understand affirmative action. It doesn't mean these students aren't all equally qualified to be there, which is a flat-out lie. Um, now they're also, one of the things that Michelle Obama mentioned in her diatribe, and let me tell you, that's the one to keep your eyes on uh, for to, re- to replace Joe Biden, uh, in, in my opinion. Tucker Carlson disagrees. We've got a clip to play for, play for you guys on that to talk about 2024 going further. Um, but she went on to say in her little diatribe today, so sad. So today my heart breaks for any young person out there who's wondering what their future holds and what kind of chances will be open to them. Uh, Barack Obama says affirmative action allowed generations of students like Michelle and me to prove we belonged. You're supposed to prove that you belong at the top educational institution in the land, Harvard, through your academics. And through, in addition to you being kind of like, for example, let me give you an example. Uh, My goddaughter was in National Charity League in Las Vegas. And uh, my bestie Val 
she said it was more important to her that I went to her national Jordan's National Charity League ball than it was to go to her high school graduation because for her to do National Charity League it was 400 hours of community service in addition to being in the band debate team high academics Jordan has had a in high school like a 4.8 something GPA. So I get over there and I'm telling Val Gal, I'm like, so what? Is Jay like in, in, in the running to be valedictorian? She goes, girl, Jay ain't even in the top 10%. She's like, these Asian students over here, they, in addition to Jordan being one of the only non-Asian girls in National Charity League, uh, um, <laughs> They're still, they are, so they're doing, these Asian students over in, in Vegas were doing all that 400, same 400 hours of National Charity League. They're also doing all the same extracurricular, Jordan, and they were all well over 5-0 in GPA. Jordan is like, I'm like, how in the world? And she's like, it's these, they're called Tiger Moms. That's the culture in the Asian community, right? Um, so now um, the push in addition to all, so that's how, in other words, that's how you prove that you, you belong and go into the top institution. It's about academic achievement. It's about charity work that you're doing. It's about showing you're well-rounded, right? That's how you prove you belong. Your, your belonging is not, should not be based on your skin color. So then to add insult to injury, Michelle Obama goes on today to, to say that, and you know what? It's just as, as good for the white students. For affirmative action, they benefit as much because they get to hear a perspective they might have never heard before. Excuse me? What perspective? What perspective am I going to hear that's different? Am I going to walk around? Did I miss out on walking around Princeton with Michelle Obama while she badmouthed America? Is that the perspective that I missed? Good riddance. I walked around LSU amid a high population of black students, a high pop. We had a huge number of uh, Middle Eastern students coming over and, and, and taking engineering courses. I, 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 I had lots of different colored people around there. And you know what? Their perspective was never any different than mine. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Can somebody tell me what the value is of diversity? There's got, we've got to have diversity. Why? What's the value of diversity? We're all supposed to have the same values in this country, and that's based upon the American values. What perspective is somebody who's supposed to give to me based upon the fact that their skin color is darker or lighter than mine? My sister and I have completely different coloring. There's your diversity, in my opinion. It's nonsense. She and I have the same perspective. It's a bunch of crap. So then she goes on to complain about, here's where it's coming. Gender, that's going to be the next thing that they're going to be, they're, they're going to be pushing for, as well as they're also now making noise today to try to get rid of legacy. Legacy in the schools that, you're, that they don't want the admissions to reflect. In addition to Harvard coming out with a statement today that they're going to consider essays as a way to get an end around Uh, Also, what they're going to be doing is getting rid of legacies. What are your thoughts on that? That's where somebody like a George W. Bush gets into Yale because daddy, I'm not sure George W. Bush academically could have gotten into Yale on his own. I I don't know. Um, But that's what legacy is. Somebody's parents and grandparents went there and generational legacy. Um, uh, Do you think that that's discriminatory? Asking you a question, Skins. You didn't call me by name. Could have been talking to the audience. No. uh, You know what? I mean, that's kind of a slippery slope. I got to kind of think about that. Yeah, I got to ponder that too. 
Um, because if we're, you know, it, I, I think I think the point of the decision today was you can't consider race, skin color, and particularly considering skin color and admissions in schools, in order to try to rectify something from three hundred years ago because it's discriminatory to the other students. And Justice Thomas went on to say, look, if you want to consider socioeconomic status, that's fine. That's not skin color. This has to do with skin color, right? Do you want to, the legacy thing, um, I think it's something that that could be considered, but people don't always get it. I could kind of see, and again, I don't think I'm on either side on this. I I need to think more about it, but I could kind of see both perspectives on the legacy thing. Well, the thing on legacy is um, I don't think schools are, schools are not letting in legacies who, who don't have, uh, don't have, still have some high academia. For example, in my sorority at LSU, just because somebody was a legacy didn't mean they automatically got in. No, you still have to meet certain requirements. You still have to meet other requirements. Nobody's getting in as a legacy uh, into Harvard with a D average at a high school. It's just not happening. I think that that is a a red herring that they're throwing out today. The whataboutism. Well, what about the legacy people? No, they're trying to make a comparison that's not even legitimate. Right. So they're also doing the slippery slope that this is to now now uh, schools, that are, there's going to be segregation. Well, the, the segregation happening on the campuses, as Bob Walters reports frequently, uh, is happening with the black students. We've got to have black graduation and black dorms and black this. So we've got the, the you know, the the panic pushing. Well, he, well, Whoopi Goldberg today decided to push uh, the panic on uh, a button on a women. Here's what she had to say. Right. Like you didn't you don't understand why my struggle is hard mm-hmm. or your struggle or your struggle. You know, is this leading to no women in colleges soon? <laughs> Who knows? But I have something great to tell you. Yeah. yeah. Is this going to end in women not being able to go into colleges? Say, soon? Dumb as a stump. There's no way she could have got she couldn't even get into LSU. This was bone deep mm-hmm. down to the marrow. Stupid. Mm-hmm. All right, stay tuned. We got more Andrew K. Show coming up. 888-344-1170. Next, we need to tackle affirmative action in the boardroom. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Got an email from a listener. He says, highest GPA is 4.0. Used to be, John. And then what happened was with extracurricular stuff, AP classes, and all this kind of stuff, um, It now it's above 4.0 and even above a 5. Oh, they go above 5 now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think, I think one of the Asian students that Jay... Um, at her high school in Vegas had, had, I could be wrong. I think it was like a five one or something like that. Well, because I mean, once they start going up above it with all the AP and this and that, and then you got the baccalaureate thing where they're taking college courses at the same time that they're taking high school, you know, it's just, it's off the chart. I mean, you know, I think they should take, I think they should go back to the days of 4.0 in my opinion. I think it's I think it's gotten a little a little crazy. Well, you risk you know student burnout too. Well, yeah. Um, somebody tagged me in a post on Twitter right now. Follow me on Twitter and uh, um, Russian, and it's a video. <clears throat> and the caption says Russian high school students taking a new class on the AK forty seven. Our students, they're busy with pronouns. 
Doesn't that say it all? Now, I'm not saying we need to have students, uh, you know, um, learning the AK-47. Um, but I actually think, you know, self-defense. Well, it's an analogy on what on where the yeah. priorities are. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of high schools, one of the... Um, one of the police officers uh, from Parkland was found uh, innocent in terms of not going in. Uh, he was a security officer, and he was he was charged with. Let me make sure I get the charge right. Um, it was Scott Peterson. He was found not gu- guilty of failing to approach the shooter who killed seventeen individuals. He was a resource officer. He's the, he, I think he's the guy who's, uh, who hid outside. The charges carried a, a possible sentence of 96 and a half years in state prison. Um, when the shooter began firing, Peterson was the only person in the school with a gun. Uh, he, um, let me see. I think I'm trying to read here. I, he did. Uh, Department of, uh, Commissioner Rick Swearington asserted that Peterson did absolutely nothing to halt the attack. There can be no excuse for his complete inaction and no question that his inaction cost lives. Uh, defense attorneys have called the charges against him unprecedented. Um, it doesn't say here, but I believe that this was the resource officer who hid outside the building and didn't go in. He was forced to retire uh, under shame, and I, I don't think shame is enough for him. The whole point of him being there with a gun was to was to defend those children against a shooter. That's the whole point, and he didn't do it. He was charged with seven counts of child neglect, three counts of culpable negligence, and one count of perjury. Um, I'm just it, it's shocking to me that it was a unanimous judgment in his favor. And, and according to the investigation, he refused to investigate the source of the gunshots. He directed other law enforcement who arrived on the scene to remain 500 feet away from the building. Uh, I don't know how he got found not guilty for that. Uh, but then again, uh, Florida is the same state that found Casey Anthony. Uh, they acquitted Casey Anthony when, when it was obvious she killed her kid, left her, left Kaylee Anthony in the trunk and dumped her little body in, in uh, the swamp. So there you have that. Uh, Speaking of the swamp, by the way, let's talk about Mike Pence, shall we? Uh, He decided right now in the midst of all this evidence that's coming out with the corruption of Joe Biden, IRS whistleblowers. What is uh, 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 an indictment against President Trump, which is absolutely and not only the indictment against Trump, but the felonious way in which Jack Smith, I agree with Mark Levin that, that it was a felony for them to continue to leak classified information, not, not to mention evidence of a trial to the media, that he should be in prison. There should be a motion to dismiss. What is Mike Pence doing? <clears throat> He's skipping off to Ukraine, right? I mean, excuse me, Skins, but when I think of, of, of a, a war-torn area, I don't necessarily think that somebody could be receiving visitors like Zelensky is, because on the same day Mike Pence was over there, Greta Thunberg, isn't that how you pronounce it, is over there. If, if What is she, 15? Is she 15 yet, 16? If it's safe enough for Greta Thunberg or Thunberg to be over there, what in the world are we doing? 
What in the world do we do? It is so safe over there that Mike Pence held a press conference today. And here's what he had to say. Clip three. I have every confidence that the day will come when Ukraine's sovereignty is restored and her territorial integrity is restored. Now more than ever, uh, we need to make sure that we provide the Ukrainian military what they need to push back on and defeat Russian aggression here because it will make it clear to Russia, to China and to any other nations in the world that would seek to redraw international lines by force that the free world will not stand for it. The free world will stand together for freedom. Uh, who's the we he talking about? We in the free world. Does he have fleas? No, he's got a fly. Yeah. <laughs> what a what an absolutely stupid campaign strategy move. He's over in Ukraine. This just makes me more and more convinced that the Russian, you know, so-called revolt was was a, a hoax. It may not have been. It may be legit. But, of course, here we've got the neocons and the Warhawks and the Liz Cheney, McCain wing of the Republican Party, you know, act, actually thinking that they're going to wag the dog and get us all like, yeah, let's just dedicate. Yeah, we're broke. We can't afford to feed our kids. Right. We're seeing the deep state. Throw, throw Americans into the, into the gulag, right? We're seeing Hunter Biden get away with crimes and getting away with stealing, being a tax cheat. But yeah, we're sure glad. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's give some more taxpayer money to Ukraine. Are you kidding me? At least fakes and bombs going off in the background. No, we hear like horns, traffic going on in the background. It's ridiculous. I think is it and, and is it because Trump came out with a statement yesterday and Joe Rogan applauded him for it because Trump came out and said I'd have I, I I'd be pushing peace I'd have this sucker ended in two days. Why is nobody? Why is Trump the only one talking about peace as a solution over there? That's that's because their decisions are weak. It's all about peace through strength, and they don't want to show it. They don't know. Well, no, because, well, it's 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 really more about the fact that they don't want peace because they want that. This is the military industrial complex at play here. It's a way for them to make money. It's a way for them to distract the American people from the real issues. Mike Pence wants to talk about sovereignty and a restoration of sovereignty. He should be down at our southern border instead over in Ukraine. But he's not. DeSantis goes to our southern border and basically lays out a plan that Donald Trump already implemented. If you're going to go to Ukraine, you should be going there to try to broker peace and to tell Zelensky, you're not getting any more money. You're not getting any more military from the U.S. until you at least make an attempt. You're not getting another dime from us. Make an attempt at peace. You've already gotten hundreds of millions at this point. What are you doing to try to find a peaceful resolution? Because I'm no expert on Ukrainian politics. My understanding is the Crimea consider themselves Russians anyway. Not our axe to grind. Not our circus. Shouldn't be over there. We're losing our sovereignty minute by minute by minute with our border being open. And if it's so, and if it's so safe over there that a 15-year-old numbskull can go over there, we don't need to be there. And by the way, doesn't that tell you everything you need to know about Zelensky? The fact that he's hosting Greta Thunberg in the middle of a, a, of a war? Didn't they do photo shoots over there too? Oh, yeah. Round tables with her there. I mean, it's, it, you know, um, 
Mike Pence is obviously part of the Uniparty, New World Order, and, and he can wave around his Bible all day long, but he is supporting the Great Reset and the New World Order and globalism. That's not exactly my idea. And see, he, he got, would get into office, Andrea, and say, they would see, hey, look, elections are fair. Nothing to see here. You got right. the GOP in there. Right. Exactly. He represent arrest, represents a restoration to the Uniparty, and that's really who the Republican Party wants. They don't want Chris Christie. He's an idiot. Crappy governor. Layabout. They're not interested in Tim Scott. No, they want Mike Pence. They're also not really inter- interested in DeSantis. And by the way, I think DeSantis's campaign is, is pretty much over. I haven't spent any time talking about it, but one of his key influences. You think it's already done, huh? I, uh, well, I mean, something something's going to have to really shake. He's 30, 30 points up and, and going downward, and he hasn't addressed a scandal that's been brewing of one of his social media influencers. Breitbart did. I may reach out to Matt Boyle. I used to have Matt on the show all the time. I may reach out to him because um, there's a scandal brewing on the DeSantis comms team and one of their key influencers. I may mention that when we come back for the break. Don't go away. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So remember the, the straps on, on Biden's face yesterday while well, the administration has come out and confirmed and said that it's sleep apnea that he's got, which is actually a dangerous co- condition. Um, of course, there's lots of speculation about what they're pumping into his nose. And I saw <laughs> I saw the funniest tweet last night <laughs> that they were pumping the smell of a young girl's hair. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I'm actually enjoying being back on Twitter. But on a serious tip, though, everybody needs a good good night's sleep. I mean, if it, it, God God designed us to work hard during the day and exercise, but then at the end of the day, we needed a good night's sleep. We've got to rejuvenate our body, our mind, our spirit. You've got to get a great night's sleep. It's, it's one of the most important things you can do for brain performance, for mood, and for your health. And did you guys know that there's actually a mattress company here in San Diego called Real Deal Sleep that is the highest rated mattress store? in the country on Yelp. So before you go out and you buy some brand name mattress that you've never heard of, go over to Real Deal Sleep. It's veteran and family owned. We love local businesses. We especially love veteran owned businesses. The owner is a guy named JD. He's called the Sleep Whisperer because he just can make anybody happy and get a good night's sleep. They have a bed called the Number Bed which is customizable, control over firmness on either side of the bed. And it can go up or down like the head of the bed or the foot of the bed. And so it helps with snoring. It's just a phenomenal bed. It's called the number bed. And if you call and tell them that you heard about them for, on AK, you'll get 20% off. This is an, That's an enormous discount, like an enormous discount, 20% off. So give them a call at 858-256-0068. At eight, go to 858 858- Call 858-256-0068. Tell them AK sent you or go to realdealsleep.com. That's realdealsleep.com. Okay. Um, one of the things that um, I think I mentioned earlier, next up needs to be corporate America in terms of boardrooms. I think I mentioned with Tom DeBacaro, diversity, equity, inclusion. I know, 
I got booted and got a lot of criticism for being on a panel of women about three or four years ago here in San Diego. They invited me on a media panel. It was supposed to be Wendy Walsh was there and it was supposed to be uh, talking about media. And I get there and find out that it's all about women in the workplace and, uh, you know, how oppressed women are in the workplace. And, And they didn't like what I had to say. What I had to say that day was the only group of people that I have seen get a raw deal in the in the corporate workplace was white men. I said, in fact, we had a joke at Xerox, and this was back in the early 90s, that what's an endangered species in corporate America? The white Anglo-Saxon male. Affirmative action has been in corporate America a really long time. And I can tell you, having worked with, in corporate America in general, particularly in corporate sales, nobody cares the, first of all, the, the most important thing to the company is the bottom line, right? Not what check uh, uh, on a box, not whatever box you check, right? Um, this, however, corporate America started implementing affirmative action guidelines many years ago. And quite frankly, it was cruel at Xerox to hire people that couldn't do the job. One of the most stressful jobs in history Our organization chart every month had at least two or three people out on temporary disability because they couldn't handle the stress that was involved in the job at Xerox. Xerox was notorious for it. So when they hired people that couldn't do the job because of a skin color, one of which I worked with, who had a mental breakdown in the parking lot and was threatening to stab people, they didn't do anybody any favors. We had lots of people of color, Asians, black people that were tremendous. Our district manager had come up at a time during the heyday of, of discrimination in America and rose to senior levels of management at Xerox Corporation because he had the charm, the charisma, the work ethic, and the salesmanship to knock it out of the park. That's what matters in this country. And something needs to be done about the affirmative action in corporate America. In hiring, you no company particularly a, a private enterprise should be told who they have to hire and that they have to hire a certain number of this color person. And certainly they shouldn't have to hire some man who thinks he's a woman who demands the people call him she. So I'm just cruising uh, during the break and I see that the EEOC commissioner, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, says that there will be more challenges to the already illegal DEI corporate race programs after the SCOTUS college ruling. Hear, hear, glad to hear it. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that the Biden administration has an EEOC commissioner with that kind of common sense. Or maybe she's lamenting the fact that it's going to be challenged. Andrea Lucas predicted that the Supreme Court ruling on racial preferences and college admissions will lead to an increased amount of challenges to already illegal uh, corporate DEI programs and other methods of sneaking in race preferences. She says, I think it's going to be a wake-up call for employers. Today is a time, the best time for lawyers to really take a look at the lawfulness of their corporate diversity programs. Even though many employers don't use the word affirmative action, it's rampant today from ESG to focuses on equity pretty much everywhere. There's a ton of pressure at the corporate 100 across corporate America to take race-conscious decision-making, race-conscious actions in employment law, and that's been illegal and it's still illegal. Absolutely here, here. Absolutely. It's high time because I saw some of the most talented white men in corporate America lose out, have to leave Xerox 
because they couldn't get anywhere because some untalented, lazy, worthless, no good person who checked a box either got the job or got the promotion instead of them. And it was shameful. Speaking of shameful, speaking of people of color, there is this mom. I got to reach out to her in Alabama and see if I can get her on the show. She is just such an amazing mom, in my opinion. Uh, A year ago, her name is Crystal Johnson. She's a respiratory therapist who works overnight on the overnight shift. She's got an eight-year-old son named Cameron. And... um, he started a lemonade stand because isn't that what every kid does with a lemonade stand, right? Um, well, it, it started out as a lemonade stand, and and it, which she made so cute with like she he was a kid. She started a lemonade stand because he was a kid that was was a little shy. She wanted to bring him out of his shell. She wanted him to build some confidence. So she says, "Hey, let's set up this lemonade stand." Well, of course, it it went off the charts. Super successful. So then she gets an idea. Um, and then it, it became so successful, actually, that it became a little business. And it was also a way for him to get some confidence and um, learn learn math. So then it becomes, it turns into a business. So then she has an idea that she's going to um, hire some kids, like get them involved so the kids could learn about business. And so she puts out this little, you know, flyer or whatever that says, hey, send me your resume. I'll look it over. Then if I hire you, I'll pay you $20 to be a smiler and a greeter, thinking it's a way to, you know, it was so great for her kid to have this business experience and it built up his confidence. And now he's like a budding entrepreneur. I just think this is the greatest idea ever. Well, she gets ratted out to the Alabama Department of Labor and they shut her down saying that she's not allowed because it's an actual business she's not allowed to hire children and I just think you know this was a woman who had just has done such a great thing with her kid and at a, at a day in which we're talking about uh, we've got so many on the left saying no no black no black person can make it anywhere here's a mom who years ago decided I'm an who's doing the right thing as a parent right? Regardless of what her skin color is. And, you know, a government agency is shutting her down. It's just shameful. She's my nominee for Hero of the Week. Francisca is on the line. I've only got a minute, but I got to go to my girl, Francisca. She wants to weigh in on affirmative action. Hey there, my girl. Thank you. Well, you know, it makes me mad just to hear the whole thing because I didn't speak English. I went through the whole you know, affirmative action. But once that you really, if you really, uh, um, you know, you said I had to go to school and do the works and whatever, all you had to do is they treat you like slaves because they want you to English as second language and then you have years. And I said, no, thank you. You know, I, I'll do whatever, but no. So I didn't, I never did English as a second language. Not only because I thought they are slaving people because the longer you take to learn English, mm-hmm. then they, they have a job. Uh, on top of that, there, there is this many people that live out of this, you know, um, affirmative action. So I thought, I thought, uh, third world country inside the first world country because all these people, the people who are, you know, the minorities, the people who callers. Hang on, Francisco, we've people. only got one minute left and then the computer is going to cut us off. Go ahead, quickly. Okay. So, so no, I mean, I, I think I, it's a world of words. 
So the war of words needs to be win. Yes. Because if we follow their, you know, uh, game, we lose. Absolutely, Francisca. Thank you for calling. You always have such great insight. She's uh, Thank you're you for welcome. calling, sweetie. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, they, the English is a second language, just prolongs them and keeps them from being able to be active, you know, um, people in the community and working. She's absolutely right about that. All right, stay tuned. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show on the way. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. That sounds like the beginning of a really good 70s movie, right? Yeah. Or a presidential campaign ad. <laughs> Can uh, check emails or just check emails. Here's one from uh, Lori. She says, here in Washington State, I had a huge problem trying to get a job because if they hired Spanish people, the HR person got a huge bonus from the state. I finally gave up and retired. That reminded me back when uh, I was a college student, I was going to LSU and I was my plan. I was a a political science major and my plan was to, you know, go to law school. So mama was working at the U.S. attorney's office in New Orleans. And so she knew people, you know, at not just, um, you know, justice department, but labor and, you know, defense. I mean, mama, you know, all the different customs, all the different government offices in downtown New Orleans. And so I said, you know, the, we were going to get me a job or mama was going to find out what jobs were available and I was going to go try to get the job, I should say. So mama was asking around, you know, w- you know, who knew what, what offices were hiring. And she was told right away, well, you know, your daughter can't get a job at any of the, you know, federal or, you know, state or local offices here because she's white. Those all go to black college students in the summer. So mama came home that night and said, you know, um, that ain't going to happen. And so I went and got a job selling timeshare in the French Quarter. And, you know, it ended up instead of complaining about it, you know, I was disappointed because that would have looked good on my resume and it would have been a good experience. Um, I particularly wanted to, and it, it, I was not going to try to work at mama's office because, you know, I wasn't going to do that. But um, there was plenty of other, you know places I could work. And so, you know, I didn't let it get me down. I didn't complain or whine about it. I went and got a job selling timeshare. And you know what? It actually ended up being a good thing for me because I ended up switching my major from political science to business. And it ended up being a really good thing for me. So you know what? Sometimes life hits you hard. You know, life hits everybody hard. Part of this whole thing from the left, as Justice Thomas mentioned, is this whole phony quest for utopia under the guise of equal outcomes for everybody. That is, is irrational. It cannot happen. There's no two people who are equal. You know, I didn't have, uh, oh, Michelle Obama, oh, it's a good thing for affirmative action, or I wouldn't have been able to get into Princeton. Oh, it, and she's bagging on legacies. Her brother was a top basketball player at Princeton. Maybe that's how she get, got in, and she wants to bag on legacies. I never had a shot at going to Princeton. I didn't have the grades for it, nor did I have the money for it. So, you know, uh, how does, and it just, isn't that just so typical of the left? Here's a girl. Who grew up supposedly poor, but she really wasn't in Chicago, goes to one of the top schools, and she's still not happy. She's still got to complain and bag on America. I'm not bagging on America. I didn't raise, I wasn't raised with the same level of money she had. I didn't get to go to Princeton. I didn't have an older brother. 
You know, and you know what? I'm happy that I went to LSU. We won the national uh, championship game in baseball yesterday. Um, so enough about affirmative action. Let's talk about another way in which America is basically racist. Here's speaking of New Orleans. Here's teen, Tulane University Dean. Um, by the way, I used to have a great T-shirt about Tulane. It said Tulane, where the women are women and the men are too. <laughs> I wore it out. <laughs> Uh, Here he's complaining about Social Security. Uh, He says, I'm not saying that Social Security is inherently racist, but that's exactly what I'm saying here. Skins, please play clip four. So we have a policy. We have Social Security program established in 1935. This program was established to help address poverty that many people after retirement were not able to, to basically live. The program was developed, but... If you look at the differences in life expectancy, if you say you have a black worker, white worker, they begin working the same day at the same job for the same company, they make the same salary, which may not always be the case, but in this example, they make the same salary, they pay the exact same amount of money into the health care, into the social security system, and they both retire the same day. Because the white person on, on average is going to live longer than the black person, there's going to be a difference in how much they're going to get out of that system that they paid into. It's just a good way of, I'm not saying the Social Security is inherently racist, but I'm saying that it has an inequitable outcome because of this health inequities. And this is, this is just a good way to demonstrate how that operates. You basically said it's racist. And by the way, and this is, and, and this is kind of a, a flip on an analogy that I always give. To, I was just saying two people aren't equal. When I was hiring, I could have two candidates, new college graduates come out of the same school with the same major, same GPA, and they would not be equal. There would be one that would have a little bit better interpersonal skills. One might be have better organizational skills. One might be better than the other in time management skills. One might be better groomed. One might be using better uh, um, uh, hygiene there's a lot of things that go into two people, which is why there's no such thing as equality. So his example is flawed in the first in the first place. Not every white person outlives black people. The system is not racist. Why do black people typically? Why do white people typically outlive black people? What's going on there? It's just everything can't be racist. It's called life. It's called life. That there's no such thing. Life isn't fair. It's one of the first things you're supposed to be taught. But we've turned we've turned this country in and the movement is constantly a barrage of you're supposed to have equal outcome. You're supposed to if you want to go to Harvard, you're we're now so focused. It has gotten so bad, this push for for equity and equality and people's feelings. And if you want this or that, that we are now mutilating children. If a five year old says, mommy, I think I'm a girl when it's a boy. This is how far this has gone. And now we're trying to tell people that they're they're required to go along with that and use certain pronouns to match somebody's idea of uh, what their life should be like. Because that's, that's ultimately what, what even that's about. You're born a girl and you, you know, and me, and I was born a girl. I wasn't confused. Stop using the term gender confusion. I wasn't confused. I was born a girl and didn't want to be a girl. Life didn't give me what I wanted at that moment. Well, you know what? Too bad. 
My parents ignored it. Puberty kicked in. You've got, you know, we're not, we're, our culture is not about learning that everybody, nobody gets everything that they want in life and that life isn't fair. And there's always going to be, you're not going to get every job you interview for. You're not going to get every promotion. It doesn't mean that you're a victim. It doesn't mean you're a victim. Oh, I was going to talk about uh, Ron DeSantis and a scandal uh, brewing over him and, and why I think his campaign is dead. Um, I think... I don't know if the if the scandal brewing with one of his his uh, social media influencers, a guy named Pedro Gonzalez. Uh, Pedro, I don't I, I don't know him personally. I, I've been on panels, I think, with him, uh, uh, but he was a rising star of the DeSantis team, bashing Trump all day long. And Breitbart, Matt Boyle, used to come on the show every week. I need to reach out to Matt. He did an expose on Pedro Gonzalez, listing out years of text messages that were grossly anti-Semitic and, and horrible, absolutely horrible. And um, it's having an impact on the DeSantis campaign, I think, because they refuse to disavow him. They're, they're trying to ignore it. And then Pedro's, uh, his explanation was just a word salad even worse than anything Kamala Harris could come up with, complete with blaming Trump and Trump supporters and making himself out the victim. So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to Matt because that story is continuing to grow legs and get worse for DeSantis every day. All right. We will see you all tomorrow on Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you to Tom DeBacaro. Thank you to Justin Hart. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you, Skins. We'll see you all tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 